Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the deadly boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Duper, oh, pay per use, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. With a big quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Avalon, Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Dynamite tonight. Yet again, a stat show. Lots of stuff going off in the uh, Owen Hart tournament, of course, including two. Joker babies. <laughs> uh, but let's start with Piggy. Uh, he's getting lashed tonight <laughs> by MJF and... Well, they've got a hell of an act to follow after the first lashings that we saw with Cody Rhodes, Michael Hamflet. I don't want to jinx this, but it kind of can't fail. If it plays as this sort of demented tribute act to a demented first act, brilliant. You know, Wardlow being made as a as a newly minted babyface, being made to pay the last penance of one of the worst things he did as a heel. And we've already seen how he's kind of paying for that every week. He hasn't really got any mates. He doesn't need them right now. He's battering 100 men by himself, mm-hmm. but he hasn't really got any friends. And we've established that that's because of all the crimes he committed while he was under MJS employ. So this is kind of great as a way for him to suffer visible pain as a result of what he went through to now give everybody free reign. Uh, right, actually, let's get on side with him now. Like, he's maybe got a friend in CM Punk, but other than that, there's nobody else mm-hmm. that can go to bat for him. This will change that. This is a great visual representation to the rest of the locker room that when Wardlow eventually gets employed, that he's one that you can trust because he's no friend of Maxwell's and he's gone through this awful trial. Um, there is, of course, the alternative version where he's just so nails that it takes about eight of them to even leave a mark. Like, he's just got this incredible, like, obviously emotional strength, but physical strength too, where he just no-sells it. And the the way in which he no-sells it increases each time with every awesome face that he pulls, which he gets better and better at every week, to the point where MJF is getting so frustrated, like, after three or four, he starts wasting lashes. Yes. He's like, bang, 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 like, rattles off five or six in a row. He just did that to Cody. He did, like, three in a row against Cody, didn't he? But this is out of, like, I some... I can't remember. The same spot, like, bang, bang, bang. Like a tantruming little kid. Like, you just sort of, like, like loads in a row that he can't do until he's basically down at the last nine or ten. And then, of course, there's the setup to the match, which Wardlow's got to endure this to get through, and the last lash. Much like Wardlow's was the, sort of, the power play by MJF, MJF very sneakily and cruelly unleashing Sean Spears just with an absolute monster chair shot that cracks Wardlow across the back. Like, after he's taken nine lashes, yeah. he, he cheats it and just does something nasty. I don't think there's a version of this that isn't great. And I would... The Cody one was the main event segment, wouldn't it? Yes, it was. I yeah. would definitely mirror that. They've already said, I think, that uh, Adam Cole, Jeff Hardy's going to... That makes sense as well. Oh, thanks, I hate it. Like, I don't think, yeah, it's going to end the night on a oh. grim, bleak, thrashed note. Spoiler alert for our takes <laughs> on it. But yeah, I think that this won't main event because it doesn't have the same emotional resonance. Am mm. I right in thinking, sorry to interrupt, interrupt. Uh, is this the penultimate dynamite before Double or Nothing? I've got any idea. And that's not good. Yes, I don't it is, think. I think. I think it is. Yeah, we've right, got one okay. more after this week on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sid, your thoughts on all this? Yeah, it's very. It's going to be very different to the Cody one because there are two very different characters. Cody wanted to do this, and it was great. I'm going to use words that might be cynical, I guess, but it was very overwrought in the best possible way. It was very, very Cody in the best possible yes, way, like yes. overall acting. Um, it brought in his entire um, inner life 
in his interior life and back together in the case of the young bucks who he barely associated with on screen for a while. Um, his wife, who was no longer in the Nightmare Collective, but she just appeared on television as Brandy Rhodes again. Wardlow's got none of this. He's also got none of this, like, sort of touch my hand to the TV screen quality. He's not that kind of baby face. So I don't really know how this is going to go, other than it's going to be markedly different to the original angle. Um, I don't think it's going to have the same emotional heft because Cody he went for it, he tried to do it, and by God, he earned it by the end. So I don't think this is going to be a main event level gravitas thing. So I remember the whole discourse. Everyone loved Cody so much at the time that nobody wanted him to see him go through this because like, I don't want to think of him as weak or pitiable or whatever because everyone loved and gravitated towards that version of the Cody character. Um, I do love the idea, and I had, a very, had the exact same one in mind before you said it first, of him just sort of doing the first three or four, and just sort of like shrugging, as I just say, what a little bitch. Yeah, so like he can't bit, do is, it. Is there a space with a bit of patter here where he's got a mic for some reason? Maybe MJF really wants to catch the little whimpers that comes out of Piggy's mouth or something along those he's lines. He's not going right? to do that, though, is he, Wilborn? He's just no, trying to... No, but what I'm trying to say is... Is he's trying to suck up. No, no, I'm trying to say there's a chance for some patter here from Wardlow. So he's like, okay, your 10 lashes start now. And Wardlow's like, okay, Maxwell, I think I'm ready. And he does the first one. And then like Wardlow can go like, just tell me when you're going to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that idea as well. I like the no-sell idea up to a point because he just takes the 10 and power bombs them. Like, <laughs> it'd be absolutely classic. Mark Sterling gets it again. I had another fantasy book and idea of the direction in which they can take this where... So I've got two more ideas. It's the best thing about AEW at its best is that they make you be a mark. Um, one is, if you notice, seen this? Heard about this? Uh, <laughs> Wardlow has faced off in recent months against a procession of monsters, mercenaries, and hired guns or whatever. What if W. Morrissey, Lance Archer, The Butcher, Cesar Benoni? Mm-hmm, Not yeah. too long ago, wasn't part of this particular thing, but he's worked them before. If, like, Max, after the first five, gets all of the monsters that Wardlow's put away of late, and they can each have a go. So I like that idea. Another one is uh, because baby faces have to be smart. You can't think of a baby face as an idiot, otherwise you'll just think they're an idiot and you don't like them. So that's stupid. Why would we do that for 20 years? <laughs> I like the idea of... Aggressive intensity and impact and force of the lashes, right? And the whole time, as stipulated, Wardlow has his back because that's what's getting lashed. Lash of the belt, the belt, the belt. In the background, Sean Spears lifts up the chair on a certain one on the 10th or maybe the 8th or the 9th if they got somewhere to go afterwards. Spears is about to brain him right in the back with the chair. Wardlow being the smart baby face, senses this, turns round, grabs the chair, and just gives everyone a brain injury. <laughs> Security guard Spears and MJF is the last one. Like you're just about to see him get an unprotected chair shot to the head, and then he screams. Mm, he's like good that. at screaming. I love when heels scram. He did that perfectly in the last year last time, didn't he? Because he hoied him in the bollocks afterwards. Yeah. He was angry with himself. In the Jericho books angle where they're like doing their poses. Like, like, get in the when they out the window in that one as well. Yeah, like, yeah. like posing out the window as a like, oh, hey! it. Like that. Could they put Wardlow back in the cuffs and then have MJF show no honour and just whip him even more? Like Wardlow's gotten back. Like he's absorbed the 10. It's not been anywhere near as bad as he thought it was going to be. And then somehow he finds himself back in the... Like it's the visual of Wardlow being, not being able to escape it. And then MJF thinking... I've got you now, Piggy, another 20 lashes on top of the 10 yeah. he's taken rather than... Because there was a certain dishonourable honour to the Cody one. MJF kind of stubbornly and petulantly assumed that Cody just wouldn't be able to take them, and he did, and there was the shock factor that came with that. Good character building, because the man whose stipulations are his gimmick kind of yeah. has to abide by his own stipulations. Yeah. Otherwise, in that weird way that... like MJF, the heel who doesn't have to do this in character... Adheres to his own stipulations more than WWE does theirs. <laughs> he honors stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. I think I, I love all this. And I love the fact that something as simple, or not simple, but, you know, as, as straightforward as 10 Lashes has so many people fantasy booking it. We've had questions about it on the news, for example. Someone said, how do you escalate? Because you're right. I like the idea of like having the hosses come in to do it. I was like, I don't know, set the belt on fire? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to rule that out. But I do it pays think... off the wizard, too. Yeah, I do think there's, there is more, like, there should be more patter here. Like, I can't remember what number it was. I'm going to go back and watch the Cody thing this afternoon to get me in the mood for tonight. But the exact number that Wardlow did it, have Sean Spears do the... Dun, 
in the belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And again, that, that arguably, you know, being less effective than MJF's or whatever. But I also don't have that much of an issue with Wardlow selling it somewhat because at the end of the day, you don't care how hard you are or how strong or big you are, that sucks. Yeah. It's like, I don't care if you're t- 10 foot tall. If you get stabbed, you still it still hurts. Well, so, I've told you the story before, potentially, but I'll tell you again, it's funny. Um, you know, a big alpha male chad like myself, you'd expect <laughs> him to be able to take like a belt to the shoulder. But um, Stark do, 2013, Hamburg, the best man, little rapscallion, like took all out on a boat. And I was like, oh, where's the, where's the stripper? <laughs> I know you've got one under there because I'm not going for a scenic cruise because they are proper lads, lads, lads mm. types. Sure enough, who would emerge? From the air, uh, I don't know about boats. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the boat beach, beach. <laughs> <laughs> the lower, the lower decks, the lower decks. But you know, the uh, the exotic dancer, right? <laughs> right. And ah, uh, god, like, it's just like uh, I just didn't want to do the whole lads, lads, lads no. thing. Like, I just knew that my fiance would be not enjoying this. Yeah. You know, it's just not the kind of guy I am. But you gotta do it. Have to do it. It's a stag do. So she was like doing the buttons. I was like, oh god damn it! Like I don't want to do this at all. Like, how far they're gonna take it? Because yes, later with my best mutual best man, we took it way further than what I did. So that was good. <laughs> so, all right, the shirt's coming off. Oh, there's the, there's the trousers down. <laughs> cool. And like she likes seductively. She's not trying to seduce us. She's just trying to get some money. <laughs> Takes off the belt. The trousers come down. Then she does some light whips on the uh, on the chest, right? And then she turns you around. It's like, right, I'm going to get belted here. And uh, I was just like, nah, I'd rather one of my mates did it just in case there's any sort of yeah. suggestion of titillation. So I look around and there's like, um, guy who works at the DVLA, uh, someone in IT. In fact, there's two people in IT. And there's a guy in finance. All right, get the, uh, the outdoor gardener and like Jack of all trades. <laughs> who's like got this really sinewy, like tight body in his eyes. A strong lad yeah. gets the belt, hits me so hard that he brings me to my knees, and I've got a mark. If I didn't have the mark, I could have just, you know, the exotic dancer could have done it. I yeah. wasn't <laughs> without any evidence. <laughs> so like, I walked into the flat. I was like Francis, I've got something to tell you. She's like, "What? What?" Uh, it was an exotic dancer. She's like, "What? What?" And I was like, "Oh, Mark did this to us." She was like, "Just side eyed us." I went through all that. Anyway. Basically, if Wardlow <laughs> sells it worse than I did, he's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, lots uh, to look forward to. We'll get to uh, to Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy in due course. Uh, and then the other uh, Owen Hart tournament match that we know the participants in, Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly. But it's time, Sidgwick, to talk about... The Jokers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss this so much. Yeah, there'll be more Jokers. There's one every pape. Yeah, yeah, it's granted. wrestling, man. Like, there's a Joker film every two <laughs> years. Wrestling's always, like, four years behind film anyway. There's a, there's a Joker, baby, on the independent scene every bloody... <laughs> yeah. you'll, get, you'll get, honestly, five Joker gimmicks mm. in North America on literally any given day. But yeah, I was thinking, uh, i got a new gear idea. Okay, what are you thinking? Well... Kind of question the nature of man and like, am I a heel or is society the heel? So come on, what you got? What you got? What's what's what's, what's your entrance? The Joker, baby. <laughs> Why so serious? Why so serious? I look baby. Angry, but I've got a painted on smile. Al Pacino should have played the Joker. Yeah, like lost, lost his ass. Like. Too intense for his own good. Actually distracting Al Pacino as yeah. the Joker. That'd be good ironic value. Want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Why so serious? So who will the jokers be in the own heart cop? It's Samoa Joe and Britt Baker. Who That's a big society. <laughs> <laughs> and you got your head all the way up it. <laughs> um, Britt Baker and Samoa Joe set to Most art is terrible now, isn't it? What? Culture's mostly dead, isn't it? <laughs> oh, like, most art is terrible and all culture's dead. Yeah. Like, that's why I watched things from five years ago on, 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 a, on a loop. <laughs> uh, so, who do you think of Joe and Britt Baker then? Right. Who would you like it? Or who do you think it's going to be? Who would you like it to be? Take your pick. At this point, I would just like things to be settled. The, the debut doesn't feel normal. 
It doesn't feel special. It feels thoroughly normal. I've used this point before. Imagine Keith Lee debuting in early 2020. Yeah. They decided, right, we want to push him, we want to keep him at the time he's a valued prospect he's really getting over. What if unbeknownst to anyone, Keith Lee was like, right, okay, um, he took long enough, because he didn't know in 2018, Keith Lee. Uh, Taking long enough, I appreciate all the, the push that you've been giving us, all the rest of it, but I'm going to jump to AEW. His contract just expires, and he just turns up on Dynamite. It'd be the best thing of all time. There's a new debut every week. It's redundant at this point. So honestly, at this point, I wish there was nothing. Not because I don't want to see uh, Cesaro or Johnny Gargano on AEW television. Yes. I'm not going to hate it when it happens, if and when. I'm not going to not enjoy the matches. Roster's too big. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I could do without this for like three, four months. Three or four months, do none of this. Resist the temptation. Like if Roman Reigns just decides to actually leave, get him in. Imagine the, imagine the fume from the avatars for no other reason than that. But you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. four months, be disciplined. Don't do it anymore. Make it feel special again. Just excess. It's doing my head in. But, you know, we are getting them, and I will gladly be the hypocrite tomorrow morning when I put this over. I've got two theories, and I'm 50% on both. One is that if you... Tony Khan loves his things, right? Just loves his things. He gets, like, into his things. Like Bobby Fish and run-ins and distractions. He gets laser-focused on one thing that he really likes. Belt shot finishes, belt shot kick-out finishes, whatever. You're really into NXT, black and gold at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Loves it. Undisputed era. Keith Lee's being signed. Regal. It's like he's, the, it's the Wednesday Night Wars is on one channel at this point. Which leads me to think that it was always going to be Johnny Gargano to AEW. He's not leaving NXT, which he loved, to go to Impact, MLW, or even New Japan, or do more stuff in PWG. He's going to AEW. Everyone knows this. Now it's as good a time as any, because if he's been playing the waiting game thing, that was wait a few months for no more signings. You're going to get signings, you're going to get Forbidden Doors, you're going to get W Morrissey, like the idea of new, 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 new. It's too much, and he's probably realized, right, okay, now it's as good a time as any, because there's no waiting game to be played. Tony Khan loves his 1.5, uh, 1.0 NXT. So Gargano could be the guy, except they are pushing Joe as the ROH killer, the final boss of ROH, the, the flag bearer of ROH. So he looks physically outmatched Gargano to Joe, and I don't think he wants someone of that uh, stature to beat him just yet. It'd be bad booking if he does, even if people will be excited about Gargano, which leads me to think it's Cesaro. Good physical match. Everyone wants to see Cesaro in AEW. I don't want to see him as world champion. I would happily do 12-minute banger TNT champion Cesaro. I don't want to see him as a top guy in that company. I don't think he has it. And... um, He'll have one want to die on for quite some time. But put him on dynamite in twelve minute matches and it's gonna be sensational. So I think it's Cesaro. As for Britt Baker, who's gonna be hurt that Joker baby? <sighs> Athena. Yeah, I like that. Athena. Um or Hamford's got a good idea for this, I think. Oh no, it was Murray. I I, I mine would have like on a similar vein to Athena, really. Um Nixon Yule. Or Tegan Knox, whatever she goes by, assuming mm-hmm. the date's free. On Johnny Gargano, what's Candice LeRae's contract status? Because she just finished up, didn't she? Expired, so she can... So she young Bucks uh, sort of hinted at that, didn't they? Yeah, I, I, young Bucks love work. They're both coming LeRae. in. They're both definitely coming in. They're so valuable. To, like I know Gargano kind of operates in a different discourse sphere than Candice LeRae, but I think they're both super valuable to AEW. Um, I was thinking about the Joe one. I think he's going to lose. And Who, Joe? Th- yeah. And I think they're... So to accept it, Tony Khan likes his things. He really likes Ring of Honor. He likes it more than me, to be quite honest. Oh, he likes and it way, way more than he's me. He's banging to Joe versus Jay Lethal and that match meaning something. I've got a really niggling feeling it's going to end up on double or nothing. Hopefully the pre-show, but I, I think it might, he might want that for the main show. And rather than a surprise person like a Cesaro, and it, they're like the surprise pops, I'm kind of over it. Could he do, and it'd just be this awesome battle of respect, and Joe loses, and it's all handshakes at the end because it's Ring of Honor. Uh, Jonathan Gresham. Ooh. Champion versus champion. Gresham wins. It's all very honorable. And then Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutton, Satnam Singh, come down after the fact, go to beat up Samoa Joe. Jay Lethal, excuse me, Jonathan Gresham and Samoa Joe have been kind of allies against these villains. It's kind of the only real Ring of Honor angle he's running at the moment, isn't it? And they kind of 
chase them off and there's a tag team match and Rampage Baby next week uh, as the go home for the, the pay-per-view singles match or something like that. Champion versus champion. He's, Tony Khan is very much telling rather than showing when it comes to Ring of Honor stuff and this would be another example of that, wouldn't it? Like, mm. have a match. They're both title holders. My God, it, like Excalibur's putting it over as the greatest thing he's ever seen. Like, these are the two figureheads of this new brand and you're going to see more of it one of these days. We can't tell you when, but it's coming. It's coming. And it's just it's just good wrestling. And then Gresham wins. Gresham beats him. And it's, it's a, there's no dishonor in the TV champion losing to the, the world champion. The fact that the Joker is wrestling Britt Baker is very interesting to me, more so than Joe, who I know they want to protect to a degree, but not to the same degree as Baker in the women's division. She's more important to her division than Joe is to his. Could Baker beat her Joker with the idea being that it really sells the winner of the Owen, oh, if they in fact they beat Baker, if Baker can say, "Look, I beat the Joker," no one beats the Joker. Um, what am I? How much am I going to beat you at the pay per view? And it's weird that Doctor Brett Baker match isn't going to happen at the pay per view. Just feels like if they just wanted to bring someone in as a Joker, they wouldn't do it at Baker's expense. So I'm thinking she might actually win whoever it's against, which would lead me to believe it's not going to be Athena or. Nixon Newell, but yeah, because they, they just debut them and they win, and it's all like a. What about or they like go a, to the final or hard fought loss in the semi or something like that? What about like one of the like Joshi wrestlers who like Maki Ito? Yeah, I've like heard that, that rumor actually. Yeah. Somebody that can absorb a defeat, but it's quite fun in the night. Like I, it's too gimmicky for AW this, but ever since it was Britt Baker specifically, because like my kind of angle claxon was blaring a little bit with Britt Baker and the Joker, if um. Rebel Not Reba comes yeah. out and assumes the role and whether or not it's after the fact that we find out that there's been some tampering that's gone or something like that just so Britt Baker can have this easy route. Oh, we've had a competitive match but Britt Baker wins easily. Of course yeah. she does. And not that she lays down. It's not a Triple H, Shawn Michaels thing but something where it's played more for the story, for something bigger rather than just a tournament match. But I don't know. It's it's hard to work out what they say. Like I'm not super wowed by the... Tournament matches on paper. I'm sure they'll deliver on the night, but I, it's still quite difficult to work out what exactly they're hoping to achieve from this, from both the Owen tournaments. And we'll probably get a better idea of it with the the Jokers, mm. with how they with frame who? them. With their Jokers. Their Joker babies. <laughs> <laughs> the Joker babies. What's a um, random question? This it just popped into my head as we were talking about Ring of Honor. Chris Hero, is he producer on Ring of Honor right now? I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't know. What is he? I think he's more like a seminar guy. Just yeah. independent, he hosts online seminars. You know, I just thought it was an alternative to, to feed someone to Joe. It's weird with Hero. He it's weird with Hero. Um, I surely he would have turned up already. Mm. What, as a wrestler? Oh, just as a something. Yeah. It's I, because he's doing like the... At this point, there's been so many people associated with North American professional wrestling, and specifically the indie scene, since it became an indie scene in the early 2000s, that... You'd think there's a reason why he's not turned up yet. He's kind of pivoted into, like, very well-respected, dare I even say it, like, content creator, hasn't he? Mm. Does videos and interviews and podcasts and things like that with, like, fellow wrestlers or other people that he's he's a fan of, and they just have long-form chats and go deep on the things they really enjoy. Like, he's kind of almost, like, moving into noted historian, Chris Hero, yeah. more than what he contributes directly to wrestling. Maybe he's content to do that, I don't know, but... Um, it's the thing with Ring of Honor is it's it can be it can be nothing until they make it everything. Yeah. They've got tons of wrestlers there where they can make it whatever they want and they can just like CM Punk some if he's not the AW champion next month, they could just be like, you know what CM Punk really wants is the Ring of Honor. You yeah. know, they can just they can just magic wand it because they've got so many people that are involved yeah. and they'll be willing to like show a bit of ass for that brand. But I, I don't think Joe's going through because mm. I just think they've got the heart set on Joe and Lethal like meaning more than it really does. Shall we? It's rare we do this on an AW pod. Shall we play a game? Is it the game I'm thinking of? It is. Should we explain why it's a good idea to do it here? Because yeah. it's going to be someone who's wrestled for WWE. Exactly. I'm 90% certain of that. Yeah, so normally when we can't think of anything, or WWE can't think of anything, um, I go on the WWE alumni page, and we randomly select a, a name uh, from the alumni page as the person that, so-and-so will face this week, or so-and-so will be, will be surprised by this week or whatever. But it, yeah, as you say, Sid, it's very applicable here because chances are they may well be a WWE alumni. Um, it's a risky move, all this, isn't it? It is, because we've been playing this game on the, the, the Raw and SmackDown previews, and it's a WWE alumni page, and we're walking blindfolded into the fact that 
very insensitively, someone's going to have died mm. because wrestling was gross in a different way than it is now. <laughs> a, a more, um, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Like, fatal way. Yeah. So we might, you know, be insensitive, which, uh, which is one of the reasons why I don't like playing the game. It's quite fun. Yeah, it's but, good um, fun It's game. scary. It's, it's scary. a risky, risky business. Who, do, who wants to start? All right, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Okay, uh, I'm scrolling through the WWE alumni page. You just tell me when to stop and then give me a number between one and four. Two. Okay. Good news. Not dead. Very good. You're not dead. Go through the numbers that aren't eight. Uh, four. Kyrie Sane. I'd love that. That'd be super cool. <laughs> yeah. Three. Justin Roberts. I wonder what he's up to nowadays. One. Friend of the channel, JTG. So, J, O, and K, A. The cat. It's not, no, it's, it's just a J. It's between JTG and Justin Roberts, this person. Oh, yeah, two. So, just incredible. Oh, he's not, he's not, he's not on the, uh, it worked there. That's a crime. Maybe he's, Maybe he's in there with Aldo Montoya. Yeah. Justin Gabriel. Oh, God, oh. he's an absolute knacker. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he is, isn't he? He's like... Control your narrative. Type <laughs> he has a control your narrative. That's how scientist. I've read some things. Uh, <laughs> do my own research. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if you can do any better, uh, Hamlet. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. You the one. Four. Neville, wonder what he's up to. Three, Murphy, wonder what he's up to. <laughs> Two, Mojo Rawley. Number one, facing some Mojo tonight on Dynamite. The missing link. <laughs> <laughs> Could um, like back to serious Joker oh, discussion. Okay. I know, like, <laughs> like Tony Khan got her in once, put her in a terrible main event, and then beat her like a drum. But like Diana Prazzo. Versus Britt Baker. They're really good mates. It's pretty cool. And it's pretty uh, cool and they're really good mates. And yeah. You could probably beat Prazzo. Yes. And the match would be good. So there's like another legitimate shout before we get to silly stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a face on. The missing link is no longer with us, sadly. Ah, Should we re-roll it? Nah. It's, uh, it's probably this is destined. To, we don't want two deaths on this podcast. It's uh, going to happen again, isn't it? We'll just go with that. Let's uh, give it one more go. One of them other jerks. Oh, God. Fine. Listen, stop. Hang on, yeah. no, wait, I was in the same place there. <laughs> <laughs> They're missing me. They're berserker. Um, stop. Okay. Two. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, number four. Yeah. Uh, Tainara Conti. I wonder what she's up to nowadays. Jesus Christ. This is why it's literally impossible for e-drones to hate this company. Yeah. It's more <laughs> of them, really, than there is the ones now, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Three to Tanker. Good. One Sunil Singh. Okay. Facing Samojo tonight. Sunny. On Dino Maid. No. Good. <laughs> Is Tajiri. Great. Oh, I'd love that. Yes. How good would that be? Oh, they could do a little bit with William Regal. Yes. Oh, yes. We've done it. We've cracked it. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Let's talk about some of the matches that we know in terms of uh, the personnel in the Owen Hart Cup uh, going to be taking place. We'll come to Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy if that is supposed to be the main event in due course. Uh, but first, first Hamlet, let's talk Ray Phoenix versus the man who was making notes on him on Rampage. Yeah, uh, Kyle O'Reilly needed that little slab of patter from Kyle O'Reilly in general. I think yeah. and that has led me to believe that, like, he's just rediscovered everything. He was really <laughs> funny for a moment. Maybe this match is going to rule too. If this, like, what I, I, I want to say, like, you should never sell your stock because I was hardly the biggest like FTR guy for the last year and a half, and then oh my god, 2022. So there's always a hope, a chance, but it sort of feels this match has got more riding on it IRL than it does in the kayfabe stakes of the Owen Hart Cup. It's just got to bang. It's just absolutely got to bang. There would have been a time. You're saying about like Tony Khan now owns the entire Wednesday Night Wars. It's one of the first matches you'd book on We're in that period, aren't we? Of like going to 2019. What would you like? Him and him. Yes, please. Like there's loads of those. He's now booking them every single week. And it's like, well, how many of them would have actually ruled after all? This is just a great example of that. Kyle O'Reilly as a heel and the fact that he's been taking notes leaves me to leave he will do something like this should be initially a little bit terrified of the things Ray Phoenix can do. Like he has to sort of Bring him back down to earth a little bit. He needs to get a little bit cruel and a little bit nasty. But then it's Kyle O'Reilly. So by the end, they've revved up to in 11 and they're just going absolutely hell for leather. And I think O'Reilly might beat him as well. I, like, I kind of, who's he, who's he got in the, how does the bracket shift? Yeah, it's I, Joe or the Joker, baby. Yes, yeah. Cole, and, Cole and, um, and Hardy is the semifinals on the other side. Yeah, well, in which case, in, yeah, as long as like they're dodging each other, because yes. I'm pretty sure Adam Cole will beat Jeff Hardy, so yeah. As long as they're dodging each other, I think Kyle O'Reilly will beat him, um, and this will be their attempt, because they're not going to, they've not got time now, have they? I don't think for the Red Dragon stuff they were building with uh, FTR or anything like that. There's mm. no tag match that we need to worry about, double or nothing. So Kyle O'Reilly moves on, and the match hopefully, hopefully, is the ripper that we've been waiting for from. I'm waiting for a ripper from Kyle O'Reilly. Um, he worked a multi-man match against the Bucks and looked incredible in it, but who doesn't? Um, Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> 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 um, so... Sorry, is he in that alumni page? He's dead. He's in <laughs> so I'm waiting for that ripper from Kyle O'Reilly. Um... Uh, <laughs> Oh, I feel cruel. <laughs> but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, what I like about the prospect... <laughs> I really feel like I should have played this at the time. <laughs> I feel like this should will bang. The Kyle O'Reilly thing is the weirdest thing of all time. Because I never suggest that he phones it in. <laughs> because... Like he's the nicest guy. But do you reckon he's just like walked in and think, all right, this is cool. Um don't have to do much in NXT, gonna walk into a job with AEW and indeed in a good spot. Mm. Do you think he needs a kick in the arse or something? I just don't know what it is. Not doing enough twelve ounce curls. Maybe. (laughs) Either way, this is like you can't have a bad match with Ray Phoenix. It's fairly impossible. Um what I like Tony Khan knows what he's doing, even if he doesn't really communicate what he's doing or if he kind of rushes to get things done, he knows what he's doing. He knows that mirror matches tend to be bad. What you want to do is work with contrasts and characters and these should have very complementary ring styles in which, sorry, in that Kyle O'Reilly is awesome at plucking people out of midair and seamlessly Trapping them in a submission move. We saw it with Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. He's done it like forever. Like Phoenix doing a Tornio and Kyle O'Reilly in one swift motion, ducking, grabbing a leg, and then vining the leg. The second that Phoenix hits the mat, there's all sorts of like incredible, dramatic, really cool 
stylistic stuff they can do here. Good face of panic when like Phoenix runs the ropes and O'Reilly will be in like a micro expression, be like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" And he like does a, that, you know, know, like a flailing daft yeah. bumper face. There's loads that can do here. It's just whether it clicks. I want it to mm. click. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keep my fingers crossed that despite everything we've talked about on this show, that this is the one that steals it. That this is the match of the night because, like you say, there is so much potential there, but it is also fairly unpredictable. Uh, who do you think goes through? Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix and Death Triangle are going to work with the House of Black, so yeah. it seems quite straightforward. Um, let's talk about the main event. Well, there's some other stuff we need to discuss as well, but let's talk about the main event and talk about the uh, the final match that we're talking about from this Owen Hart Cup for this week. Adam Cole versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, some bonkers stuff from last week, obviously, with, with Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen. How do you see this one playing out this week, Sige? Significantly worse than the mid-match it was already threatening to be as a result of the fact that Jeff Hardy is, like, he's gone 24 hours on his bump clock over the past <laughs> week. I'm very worried about the quality of this match. Not necessarily the noise. Um, and people really love Jeff Hardy. I just don't. He's just never been one of my guys. Uh, respect him, all the rest of it. But I think this is going to be very, very slow indeed. Um, my worry is that this might, this has, like, fall apart threat potential when he might have to like reverse or bump for the Panama Sunrise that Code Red just hit last week. Um, I hope they have a gentleman's three that's noisy, I think is best case scenario here. And um, because otherwise, as I said, like I just think the, the pace at which Cole works, Hardy trying to keep up with him after his exploits last week, this could fall apart some really sort of like grim deflating botches where they're not in the same wavelength. Um, Cole to advance to the final mm-hmm. because not only are uh, the Bucks looking ahead to a match with uh, the Hardys, I don't want to see Jeff Hardy in another singles match as long as I live. I he got the very best one he'll ever do in his life last week, for the remainder of it anyway. Got your finish as well. And it's not somewhat preposterous. Well, like good, because it's Jeff Hardy, so he's not going to do it. Adam Cole <laughs> hitting a super kick when he does a I don't know, whisper in the wind or something like that. It's not that. Oh, he probably will That's try that. will happen. Yeah. yeah. But it's quite simple, really. Either Cole moves or Cole gets his knees up on a swanton, and then he's up. So, ah, oh, my bloody back. Lower the boom right in the back of your head, you prick. Yeah. All right. I'll go for that. I'll go for that. Actually, some <laughs> relatively straightforward booking from me. So I, I I'm, still, I'm still clearly off, off my... Off my usual focus after that, that <laughs> I don't have concerns over the match falling apart, but I just th- it feels impossible to be great. That, that's my I, I'm not so worried about the botches and stuff. Jeff Hardy's this massive star, and will like fans will just make noise for him. And Adam Cole, I, can, I think, needs a bit of a test of how much of a general he is. Because, like, say what you will about his NXT influences, and especially his Shawn Michaels ones. But it's very rare that in NXT he didn't look like the most professional wrestler in the world. Like, he kind of, like, he was really in sync with that brand as a result. And if anything, the, the higher standard, I would say, across the board in AEW has almost normalized that a little bit. And we're not... Seth Rollins has this problem sometimes. Yeah. Seth Rollins, every now and then, reminds you who he is or who he can be. And then sometimes he just gets a bit like swallowed into the more of WWE's formula and you just you don't see it for ages and you're like, who gives a toss about Seth Rollins? And then he'll just have this total ripper and you're like, he can do it. He absolutely can do it. I think that's a bit the case with Adam Cole at the moment. You're just not seeing that much from him that's reminding you why you might have just gone wow for him once. And this is, I think like we'll see if with a very broken down Jeff Hardy, but somebody that can bring all the sympathy and bring all the noise, Adam Cole on offense as a heel being a general for the night will probably elevate his star level to that of Jeff Hardy's, and you're not going to have something special. But I just don't think it's something that's going to fall away. The problem is, is that it could end up just being like a very good Raw match instead of a very good Dynamite match. Or it could be a very slow and boring affair. Maybe, yeah. I, I, like, I don't know. I, I don't think this is going to be a total disaster, Jeff but I'll be lying if... shuffling the shell around. I'll be lying if I said I was super excited for it. It's not, it's not what it might have once been. And I think part of that is the dream pairing overload. So I think even a year ago, uh, fair enough, like neither of them were in the company. But if you were like plucking wrestlers out of thin air that would eventually have a TV match, like you would have seen this and you'd gone, oh, yeah, that's quite interesting. But we've had loads and loads of quite interesting. So again, Mm. it's like, well, we're looking to raise the bar now. Show me something that like just makes my eyes pop out of my head. That's kind of the pressure of the Forbidden Door card. Yeah. Yeah. These matches have got to make your eyes pop out of your head because we're getting this level of like, not dream match, but, you know, weird combinations all the time. 
and this just doesn't pop in the way that other ones would have once done. <laughs> it reminds me of when I used to work for my local radio station. They were like, put on a big gig for you guys down the local park this summer. Uh, text in, let us know which pop stars you'd love to see there. And people were like, Katy Perry and Rihanna. And I'm like, well, let's lower those expectations. <laughs> Um, as I mentioned, uh, Hamlet, uh, this is the penultimate dynamite before double or nothing. It is in just over. Um, so as a result of that, we've got the AW champion Hangman Page in action. You've got CM Punk on commentary. Takeshita? Kanosuke Takeshita. I didn't butcher it too badly. Um, this feels like a fairly obvious Hangman Page hitting the GTS to win after what we saw last week. I something along those lines. Um, I don't know what I think of this, you know. It's another one, it, like, this is an example of one that kind of looked interesting when I first saw it. I was like, ah, oh, cool. That's quite fun. And then the closer the match has got, I don't know if, like, because I've been talking with Murray a bit over the desk of this, and he's a little bit... Very grumpy about the... Dejected about the win. Because he looks a big Takeshita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he was a little bit... Not underwhelmed by the quality of the match, certainly, but the reality of the booking of the Rampage match and the reality, we would assume, of this match as well. So uh, the quality is not in doubt. I'm going to, for the first time, I'm going to be ever so slightly critical of the Page Punk thing, which is otherwise something I just love. I, they've, have they left a bit of detail out about... They've left loads out of this. About Hangman Page's particular irritation with CM Punk when Punk had that like, really awesome best promo of this rivalry promo when Hangman Page had COVID. And he said, like, I know you guys like Page. I like Page, too. And then the following week, Page effectively said, well, I don't like CM Punk. He's a sh-. So, like, they, they did miss the detail out of where that's happened. But Punk has poked the bear a little bit with the, you know, the um, buckshot last week. So that's justifies, you know, Page doing the same tonight. I do sort of worry that Takeshi is going to get lost in that, in the fact that they'll have a bit of a race on to try and... Uh, tie up any loose ends in the Punk Hangman page feud and he's just going to be more of a prop that made for an interesting graphic rather than an interesting match. Yeah. So my hopes are, my expectations are a touch measured on this at the yeah, moment. My, my, I think it speaks volumes that, no offence to him, and I have a lack of knowledge, and that's my fault really, that my notes on this are like, AW champion action, CM Punk on commentary, and then here's the opponent. Like that's, it's the, it's the final detail. It's obviously it's essential, but it is mm. my last concern really with all this. Yeah, it's finally balanced this. If they strike it, this could be class. You could get loads of things done at once. We're very deft, in fact. If you, you can't have Paige going 14, 15 minutes and just struggling to put this hot new upstart away. It's exactly the wrong time. The, the timing of this match is all wrong. I would love to see Takesh there. Get these elevation, obligatory run of wins, and then have a little TV defense with Paige, and it'll just be a ripper that exists for the sake of elevating Takeshita, giving um, Paige another match that... The, the new trend on Twitter is like, these matches were fire. And it's like four <laughs> match <laughs> graphics from Dynamite. Yeah. Matches with fire and no one cares but me. And it's like the revolution tag match between like... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is the new no. thing. This is the new thing. So that twenty seventeen was good. Pass it on. <laughs> Hangman Page has got a pretty good title reign, if you ask me. And it's got like uh, all the match graphics, and one of them is this. That could work. Why Wait. is nobody talking about how great Hangman Page is as AW World Champion? Yeah, I know, I know. The, with the emoji. <laughs> so it could have been that, but it's going to be this, and this is going to be what's going to happen is scene. Okay. Boom! Let's go ignite. <laughs> 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 It's gonna be a where's it now? No damage, and then like ding, 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 little in, little in. Where, where, where the hell are we? We're in Orlando, Jim. How did you got there, Christ? Did you got them notes, Jim? There's a big roulette wheel. There's a big chips. We're in California. Oh, fucking hell, Jim. Right, think about where you ate because that's how you that's how you manage it half the time. What what did you eat, Jim? Well, I had some nice sausages and a steak and a little bit steak and some scrambled eggs. Oh, I was in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, boom, let's go, make that. <laughs> 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 yeah, boom, let's go, make that. And then, uh, Bring the boom. Pillman <laughs> Jr. Dynamite. Shrouded and I don't damage. Did a little land, little land. Yeah. Uh, it's got personality. And he played in the crowd. He loves the crowd. I love them loving the crowd. But, you know, I want to see Takeshi have a good match. And then maybe Takeshi's in the ring. Maybe the music comes out. And then... 
By the time all that's going on, you've only got eight minutes to tell a story. And realistically, oh, this is going to be a match that could have been. Very explosive. Like, loads of ridiculous rotations. And these guys are flying. It's like a ridiculous, athletic, propulsive display of big, burly units who are impossibly fast, beating each other up. This should be excellent for what it is, but it's the wrong time to do this match. Is there any way it's, you know... Hong Kong commentary is going to be a joy, as always. It's better than Paige, I hope. Yeah. I never remember a single thing he says when he's at the booth. So to compensate for that, what if Paige hits the bookshot and says, that's how you do it, and then hits the GTS? That's great. And that as well, like, kind of, you're really putting somebody over in defeat because you've taken two finishes off the belt of your champion. That's what I'm thinking. In terms of, yeah. you, you said about, like, a quick, fast match. GTS, I know you can catch people with it, but the bookshot is literally designed for that. I'm just like, yeah. right, I've thrown you over the top rope. Oh, bollocks, here you come. See you later. And yeah, that does sort of protect his opponent. After the dark side of the ring thing last week, it was the first time in a while where, I've said this a million times in this podcast, one of my very favourite things ever about AEW for the duration of its existence is that we sit here quite excitedly fantasy booking loads of things and we're quite pleased with our selection sometimes. And then AEW has the ability to surprise you with something even better than something you would have never even thought of. I want to believe that there's more of those to come because the dark side of the ring was a perfect, perfect example of that last week. What if they've got some... I, I don't know what that thing is. A page defeat? Or so, like just something absolutely out or of like nowhere. Like he stumbles before pay-per-view. Like pay yeah, like his, uh, because there's no stakes, but there kind of is stakes because this is like sort of kind of forbidden door adjacent. You know, it's a dream match type bollocks. Like double or nothing he lost before? Do, uh, double or nothing he beat uh, Brian yeah. Cage last year but he, beat, yeah, but he got, I mean, beat, he, he got beat before in the road too which I didn't oh, have the did, title because yeah, they were hinting towards oh it's Page guys it's Page then he has that one last crisis of confidence yeah. then they pivoted role? to the so three way double or nothing 2019 what did he do at double or nothing 2019 he, won, he was a joker baby <laughs> <laughs> I just like I d something basically that is the surprise that none of us can yet see yeah. coming and then tomorrow morning we're like wow where did they think of that this is amazing I feel so much more for this than I did before like, this feud could be the thing that needs that most. Mm. Like, you've kind of, like, given it to all of them, Jeff. It's like, that's the hardest thing you've got, brother. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was just, like, icing on the cake. Um, we will get to Regal and, and Jericho in a second. I've realised I haven't had a chance to ask you. We talked a little bit about it on Rampage, and I'm sure as the story develops, we'll talk more about it. Your thoughts on the whole MJF situation, quickly. What, the, his contract stuff? Yeah, just his, you know, alleged unhappiness and... I think everybody wins, regardless of if it's work, shoot, KFAB, IRL, whatever. Everybody wins. This speculation is brilliant. I think MJF has, if this is all 100% real, and I don't believe it is, but if it's all 100% real, everything we're reading, MJF has just got to spend days, and like he's earned these flowers, scrolling through a timeline and reading a bunch of people saying, pay that man more money. He's worth this. He's worth that. He's this guy. He's this. like awesome, because he should be reading that, because he's just one of the best to do this right now, if not the best. Um... It also plays so... It's why I can't 100% believe that bits of it weren't fed or carefully fed, should we say. So like, I trust the news sources, but um, for the benefit of the eventual war of 2024, as he's branded it, uh, having him as AEW world champion with this, even if that story goes away, right? The fact that it's going to be in the back of everybody's mind when we know the contract's coming due and he might have the belt over his shoulder and he can do everything CM Punk did with two separate titles before, and all of that kind of stuff. This favours MJF if it's all real, and the man just deserves more money, and he should be getting all this praise and all this credit. It favours MJF and AW and Tony Khan if some of it's a work, or some of it's, yeah, we're going to have the chat, but not right now. Or it favours them if it's a complete shoot, and he might legitimately go to WWE in 2024, he's just going to ramp up the money he can make off it. There's not a thing about this story that I don't enjoy, and it's great for the conversation, because nobody that I've seen is going, uh, I should have... <laughs> Funny how this didn't happen with Sasha Banks now, by the way. Should appreciate what he's got a bit more. Like you just, you just. I've not, seen this. Just, what on MJF? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, all right. Well, if people getting scared that he's going to desert them or whatever like that. Oh, gee, this they need to have a word with themselves. They they? Do, that, yeah. Like the desert syndrome off the back of Cody's move. But yeah, I, just, I like it for. I like it for the discourse. I like it for the storyline mm. and the real speculation. And I like it again to go back to Sasha and Naomi and I guess Kotobushi and Roman is whatever. There are two really, really rich wrestling companies, and the result of all these massive rights fees and all of this money and companies declaring how much money they've got in the case of WWE and how much money they expect to make in the case of AEW, those should be the like the signs for wrestlers to go and get as much of it as possible. The pots, yeah. are, the pots have probably never been bigger to get more of that cash, so like good for them too. 
since you and I'll talk a little bit more about this on the on a rampage preview on Friday, especially with all the talk today about the backstage uh, morale or whatever it may be. We'll talk more about that on the Rampage preview, though. Uh, let's conclude, though, Sitch, by talking about Chris Jericho and William Regal face-to-face. Have you ever been face-to-face with a wizard? <laughs> <laughs> right now, mate. Right now. Um, Harry Potter! I don't want to be cynical or facetious. <laughs> I don't want to be cynical or facetious. Ultimately, I just have got something to finish up downstairs. So we've gone <laughs> long. Sorry, I'm... you're a wizard, Daddy. Uh, daddy magic. <laughs> <laughs> Peace off. But ultimately, uh, cute reference to pissing in a teacup, smack in the face, brawl erupts. Uh, I, I still maintain my stance that on paper, Eddie Kingston defending professional wrestling versus Chris Jericho embodying sports entertainment with the 2.0 lads being absolutely hilarious. I still think the premise is better than the story. I don't know if the, the story, the beat, the premise is so great that your expectations go, oh, this is genius, actually. It still hasn't completely clicked for me. I'm hoping tonight does a little bit more. But Regal's been absolutely incredible, so this should be awesome. I've got it for you. Oh, Jericho and Regal doing the face-to-face thing. They've, like, they've tried the mutual respect, but you can see that the walls are gradually crumbling and they're both kind of taking little shots at each other, they're both digging. And then Chris Jericho says, I know what I did to your tea, but I wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire. <gasps> Fireball in Regal's oh! face. But we've been through this. William Regal's got too much luscious, luxurious hair. So it could go everywhere. It could, yeah. Yeah. He's still, he's still on board. I'm still on board. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait for this. I don't even want to really fantasy book it for, for me because I, oh, it's just a mouth-watering prospect. Again, another really exciting dynamite to look forward to. Uh, and if, if last week's Dynamite is anything to go by, a fantastic show too. Uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. And if you haven't done so already, what are you playing at, Rick? Pre-order, sorry, pre-order, order uh, Michael Sidgwick's brilliant book, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW on Amazon right now. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, the NXT 2.0 review is available right now, and our review of this show will be out tomorrow, so if you subscribe, it'll drop right into your feed. But for now, this has been the Dynamite Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.